Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2688. Happy Disney Plus Day to you. We don't have anything to say about it just yet because this episode is actually coming out before all the Disney Plus stuff drops. So we're going to still focus on Boba Fett and wrap up our series of looks at the crime syndicates because, man, we covered a lot of ground. And this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at cufflinks.com. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, here we are with Disney Plus Day. And ahead of Disney Plus Day, a Kenobi teaser trailer briefly appeared online. And then, like, one massive internet game of whack-a-mole, Disney and Lucasfilm went to work trying to snuff it out. So, there's nothing for us to talk about on it today, but there will be very soon, believe you me. No, today instead, because this episode actually drops before Disney Plus Day actually kicks in to high gear, we're going to wrap up our series of conversations on the crime syndicates that were active in the Empire and that may appear in the Book of Boba Fett, because we've covered a lot of ground. We actually talked about 10 different syndicates. There's, of course, the five major syndicates, and then there are five up-and-comers. Some of them were actually active in and around that time, and some of them don't seem to have really come into their own until the time of the sequel trilogy era. But when it comes to deciding which ones might actually appear and trying to assign, say, probabilities or even group them into high, medium, and low or anything like that, it turns out to be a really difficult situation because many of these organizations have direct links to the huts. Yeah, you know, they all do business with each other to some degree. They all have their territories and whatnot. But there are some more direct links between one and another of these operations. So I figured, let's just you briefly talk about the syndicates and the upstarts and what the chances are for each of them to appear. So the Hut clan, that seems like a no-brainer because as far as we know, Boba Fett is essentially moving in on Hut territory by taking out Bib Fortuna. He's not running his own crime syndicate. He's running it for somebody else and the odds are it would be the Huts, right? The second organization is Crimson Dawn, about which we talked at length on an episode just a couple of days ago. There's not really a direct connection between Crimson Dawn and the Hut Clan, other than the situation that happened in War of the Bounty Hunters, where Kira got a hold of Carbonite Han Solo and auctioned him off, and he went to Jabba the Hutt again. So yes, there was an association there, but there's otherwise not been really any indication that Crimson Dawn has much to do with the Huts, and yet, and yet, such a big deal has been made of Crimson Dawn in Star Wars storytelling that uh, it kind of seems like 
they would lean into that for a Book of Boba Fett series. Then you have the Pike Syndicate, and the Pike Syndicate, similar to Crimson Dawn, has been showing up more and more in Star Wars storytelling, being represented in The Bad Batch, being represented in Solo, A Star Wars Story, right? And in the seventh season of The Clone Wars as well. So they do seem keen on getting them involved. And of course, Jabba was hiring Han to smuggle spice, which then ties into the Pikes and Crimson Dawn also smuggles spice and so they and coaxium too for that matter so they're tied in as well so yeah pikes kind of feel like another potentially obvious choice for appearance in the book of boba fett too and then you have the other two the crimora group and then black sun and those two organizations i don't necessarily see as being very likely to show up. It's actually their associations with other upstart criminal enterprises that make it at all possible that they might show up. But it's really more about the lesser organizations with which they've partnered, the up-and-comers, if you will. That's the sort of space where I think, okay, maybe Cremora could show up, maybe Black Sun could show up, but it's not because of those organizations themselves. It's because of who they're working with. So for the five syndicates, for the five major players, that's the order I would wrap them up in as far as likelihood to appear in the Book of Boba Fett. The Hutt Clan, Crimson Dawn, the Pikes, and then tied for fourth, Black Sun and Crimora. As for the upstarts, those organizations would be the Suntool Pride, the Droid Gatra, the Guavian Death Gang, Kanja Club, and the Red Key Raiders in no particular order. Now the Red Key Raiders seem potentially likely because they are active on Tatooine. They appear in the Aftermath novels by Chuck Wendig, and so the fact that, hey, you know, they're right there on the same darn planet seemed like it was you know, potentially a no-brainer, and they're one of the organizations that partnered with Black Sun, which is why, you know, Black Sun gets dragged into this conversation. But to my understanding, they were pretty well knocked out by Cobb Vanth as part of the stories that were being told in Aftermath, those little side stories in between chapters. So yeah, we don't really have a good feel for how well established they were and how badly they were routed as a result of the Aftermath story, but you kind of get the idea that they were really badly routed. They're on Tatooine, so that seems like it gives them a leg up, but yeah, they may not be in any state to do anything in the Book of Boba Fett. Then you have the Sun Tool Pride, who, as we talked about in a previous episode, had a beef with the Huts because of what Darth Vader was doing to kind of decimate them and get funding to supply his own private droid army and search for Luke Skywalker back in the days of the time between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. The Sun Tool Pride definitely does not like the Huts at all but there's even less representation of them in Star Wars storytelling than the Red Key Raiders and less timely representation. In other words, there's not really a lot about the Suntold Pride after the events of Return of the Jedi, although there is something for the Red Key Raiders. So while Suntold Pride seems to have a you know, potential <laughs> uh, bone to pick with the Huts and therefore might you know, want to have something to say to Boba Fett about it, eh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily seem like the highest of odds. 
Then you have the Guavian Death Gang, and eh, yeah, you know, they don't really have that deep of a tie to the Huts as far as we know, so let's just put them at the bottom of the list is what I'm going to say. Then you've got the Kanja Club folks, and they were, as we discussed in the previous podcast, former slaves of the Huts. And so, yeah, they have thrown off the yoke of their oppression and are getting to do their own thing and to become criminals in their own right. So that stands to reason that there's another relationship with Huts where, oh boy, like they may want to continue to see the Huts decline and whether Boba Fett is taking over the Hut Enterprise and getting rid of the Huts or he's allying with the Huts or whatever is happening, we don't necessarily know, but I think the odds feel higher for Kanja Club being involved than for, say, the Red Key Raiders, but I would say the Red Key Raiders have better odds than, say, the Guavian Death Gang. And last but not least, we have the droid Gatra, which I just feel like even though they don't have any particular beef with the Huts and no uh, interaction that we you know, really know about that's significant or anything like that, that's a situation where thinking about it from the perspective of creating a special effects heavy production that maybe getting the droid Gatra involved would be kind of easy to do from a production perspective. But then again, in The Mandalorian in season one and two, we didn't see a lot of droid action happening there. I mean, and even with IG-11 going crazy and shooting up things, that was really, you know, sentient beings that he was shooting up. It wasn't like a whole bunch of droids getting shot up. So yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe from a practical perspective, stepping out of Star Wars, it seems like it might be easy, but for what they've done so far and also what's happened in storytelling, not necessarily a lot of evidence to support their appearance in the Book of Boba Fett. So if I have to rank those five, I'll say Kanja Club seems the most likely of the smaller outfits, and then I'll follow it with the Red Key Raiders, and then the Droid Gatra, and then we'll go to the Suntold Pride, and finally the Guavian Death Gang is the least likely of them to show up. Now, there's one other thing that I do want to add about the Kenobi teaser situation that I mentioned at the top of the show. But before I do that, I do want to give a quick shout out to the fine folks at Cufflinks.com who've partnered with us on the podcast this month. They are the official exclusive license provider of Cufflinks for Star Wars, and they also make so many other awesome accessories as well. I have finished building out my holiday attire. I have the Mandalorian holiday tie on and the other day I talked about keeping it nice and subtle dialed down with the white pocket square. I'm doing the same thing with the tie bar as well, which if you're watching the YouTube version of this, you will see that it's a very simple silver tie bar. It actually has nothing on the front of it, so it just looks like a plain tie bar, which seems to go well, I think, with a very busy holiday tie. But on the back of the tie bar, it has the silhouettes of Han and Leia's heads, and it says, I love you and I know on it. So even if you want to be super subtle about your Star Wars allegiances when you're wearing accessories like this, you definitely have the option to do so with many of the options that are available to you at cufflinks.com. And don't forget, there is a 15% discount you can get for being a Star Wars 7x7 listener just by using SW7X715 as your promo code at checkout. It applies to everything on the site. There's no minimum purchase. It doesn't have to be a Star Wars thing even. All you have to do is go to cufflinks.com and use promo code SW7X715 at checkout. 
All right, so that last thing about the Kenobi trailer. So the scuttlebutt that was kicking around for people who actually got to see it before it was taken down was that it was very sizzle reel-like. So if you recall the sizzle reel that they released for the Cassie and Andor series back at the Disney Investor Day in December of last year, well, apparently the stuff that's in this reel is on the order of that. And I guess there was a point at which that Investor Day presentation happened where it was mostly available online, but they had moments where they dropped everyone out of it. And so it was only investors present that actually got to see some of the video presentation footage. And so there are some folks who had seen that footage who are saying that the stuff that was in this new teaser that cropped up and then disappeared is is containing some of that footage. So for example, some concept art appears in there that had been shown previously in December, but beyond that, it's going to be a big mystery and I'm just as excited as you are to see what they're going to reveal to us. They did show, and I think this was authentic, a you know title card that said it would be streaming in 2022 but didn't announce a specific date or even month, but still keeping my fingers crossed for the notion that it will be coming after the Book of Boba Fett, before the Bad Batch, and before Star Wars Celebration. But once it's finally announced for real, then we'll talk about it here on the show. In the meantime, that's going to do it for today. And I just want to wish you a happy Disney Plus Day. And I hope you enjoy watching whatever it is that they've dropped beyond this under the helmet situation for the Book of Boba Fett. But we'll be talking about that very shortly. For now, though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this show as as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.